Listen in the dojo and dynamite. Dynamite, put your hand in, ring is out of sight. All elite TNT, make it feel right. Put your hand all elite, time to unite. One's name Rich, the other Ashley. The number one pod for the whole family. Time to fill your wrestling appetite. Now it's time to start dojo and dynamite. This is Ashley and Rich here with episode 101 of Dojo and Dynamite. It is Saturday, February 5th. We have spent most of our day watching some old school TNA. And it's been a while since (laughs) we've been here. Yeah, TNA has their own channel, which is quite impressive, actually, if you think about it. They have their own television channel on Samsung Television. I think it's like TV Plus or something. And it just, it plays, sometimes it's repetitive stuff. You kind of see the same things over and over again. But I mean, these are just some really, really great matches. AJ Styles versus Jerry Lynn right now. This is, I mean, this is serious, serious content. Jerry Lynn was extremely underappreciated. It's a lot of stuff that I'm seeing for the very first time. Yeah, Jerry Lynn's extremely talented. But you know... Look, we apologize. It's been sporadic. We we talked about getting better. There's a woman in a cage that's there. Yeah. There's a cage dancer. There is there is a woman in a cage. Yeah, yes. they've had a few of them. Yes. How about that? Okay, so we've been sporadic. And yeah, it's been nearly a month since episode 100. You know, we, we wanted to get on a better track of, of talking... We we're gonna wait until after the Hammerstein show, which we're gonna talk about. A GCW Hammerstein show, we're absolutely going to talk about on this show. But you know, I, I think the truth is that we've been struggling for quite some time, not only to figure out a schedule. There have been so many working parts and pieces, and on top of that, and this is to be honest, I I, I really haven't felt like AEW has done things on a week to week basis that have made you feel like, and this is just from us, man, I don't know how you guys feel, that, that anybody needs a week-to-week recap, match-by-match. Match. You know, the idea, I think, with AEW originally, was that, obviously, it was so important week-to-week week what they were doing. They are competing with NXT, they were trying to tackle a giant, they were trying to secure television rights, and every week was something special that, because every rating was so important and so invaluable to what they were doing as a company. And I think that right now, it's gotten to the point, I don't want to say it's comfort, but it's gotten to the point where you know that they're not going anywhere. They're going to be here for the long haul. Well, yeah, it's it's the long game now. And I don't know if the week-to-week shows, and I mean, you guys can correct me if, if I'm wrong or if you guys feel differently. I don't I don't feel like they're living up to what they were before. And I, I don't mean it that way. They don't have to do that anymore. It's about the long game, like Ashley said. It's about building to something more. Obviously, we're going to revolution. So I think for Dojo and Dynamite, with the way that you know you, you look at uh, how New Japan has, has not operated, and the way that Dynamite, you know, week in and week out, it's more about the long game, what the stories are, how we're getting there. I think for Dojo and Dynamite, realistically, I, I think we're going to only do 
maybe two episodes a month, every other week type of thing. Kind of recapping what happens over the past two weeks, talk about directions of the story, you know, look at like MJF and CM Punk. You know, week in and week out, we could talk about the promo that they have against each other, but it's the same promo, it's a rebuttal back and forth for four weeks before they get some contact. You know, I don't think we need a follow-up, and I mean, this could be me. But I don't, I don't know if anybody needs a follow-up talking about how this promo went or Malachi Black's tag team match this week. You know, that, that's something that you can cover two weeks later and discuss the debut of Brody King and how that's working and where the direction they're going to go and, and how CM Punk and MJF look like they're headed toward a Revolution rematch, potentially in a cage, sure. potentially with no holds barred or something after the Wardlow circumstance. No, I'm, I'm with you. Like I feel like we were getting kind of redundant with, some of our discussions um, with, with the weekly recaps because some some weeks aren't as exciting as others, and that's okay. Um, again, it's it's that's the long game here and in the long term storytelling. So I think, at least for the time being, that's the direction we're gonna take. Um, maybe bi weekly recordings, and just talking about the yeah, overarching and that, story, GCW, New Japan, just anything that we feel like. And and after special events, you know, yeah. you, you have an event like, you know, Revolution, of course, you want to talk about it, but the match-by-match match breakdown analysis, I, I just don't feel like right, the way that AEW's going, with Rampage especially, I, I, I don't know if it warrants that type of, I mean, and I mean it for you guys, as much as us, I don't know if it warrants us talking about you know, let's say it's Wheeler Universe John Moxley week in and week out. And I'm not using that as an example, but it's, you know, what is there to discuss? You know, a, a small nuance, of course, we discuss Danielson, you know, leaves, levies an offer about joining forces, potentially adding Lee Moriarty. You know, and we're sitting here in speculation. You know, he gives him a week. It's something that we can talk about in two weeks and discuss the process. How that happened. What's going to happen next week? It's kind of a cliffhanger. So I feel that, you know, some of those culmination things will work better if we do the podcast a little bit more around, you know. And, and hey, look, it's about opinions. And I think that, you know, with all of you guys and all of your opinions about what you think this direction's going, how you think it's going, if you liked it, if you don't like it. You know, with the MJF CM Punk thing, I, I thought that CM Punk was terrific. And I thought that MJF and CM Punk's match on Wednesday was awesome. And some people didn't. They felt it was too long. I thought the match was great. CM Punk worked the, you know, he sold the knee, sold the arm. They tried to break out everything they could. I mean, there was a point he got choked out by a piece of tape. I understand that was a little wonky. False finish, long match. I think it lived up to expectations. And I think you're going to be heading towards something with a no holds barred. But, you know, in respect to that, I think, as Ashley said, bi-weekly type of schedule after events. And the truth is, it's, it's twofold. It's one about how we feel about AEW, feel about New Japan, kind of the events that are taking place. GCW runs two events a month, give Ish, or take. On average, yeah. So, you know, we could discuss those as well. We like, to co- we like to cover those things. I don't know if everybody's a GCW fan, but we are enjoying their programming. I enjoy the surprises that GCW kind of brings. And listen, it, th- that's really what Dojo and Dynamite and, and Deathmatches is about. I mean, it's us talking about what we enjoy. Right, and of, and of course we're going we're gonna to do that. And I think that, that kind of comes to the second point. And I, I think what's challenging is, 
you know, we didn't do the podcast for a month. And we had some things that came up and things that happened. And, you know, I was attempting to put a tweet, I guess, together to sort of explain. And it's challenging to... 140 characters isn't enough. It's it's challenging to, you know, I guess, encompass the entire concept of what I'm trying to disclose in 140 characters. And, you know, honestly... I have to put it out there in 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 respect and, and it's you know mental health is extremely important. And I think that if anybody is struggling in any way shape or form with mental health concerns, they need to get them addressed. And it's something that I have been struggling with for quite some time now. Significant. And not everybody and I think it's a shame. And not everybody respects that with the way of understanding. And I hope that everybody does understand it. And I've realized how damaging and difficult personally this could be. And I think that that's what's also made it challenging. Is that I have been struggling personally with some significant mental health issues. And it was unexpected. And it came on like a flash. And it really hasn't left. And it's been very difficult to find motivation. It's been very difficult to find drive. It's been difficult to wash dishes, to do laundry, to, uh, you know, to exist outside of essentially getting out of bed and doing the bare minimum of your day. And I think the warriors that go out there every day who struggle with the same things that I was struggling with, they have to be commended. To operate and to continue day to day to day. And it's important that if you are having mental health concerns, that please get them addressed. And as you can see, obviously, with Dojo and Dynamite, it has been a struggle and a challenge to get to this point. To do a podcast only a month away from the previous one. And we had an exciting show. And you know that there's something kind of wrong when you go to a show like Hammerstein. And I'm not trying to be morbid here because Hammerstein was great. What a great experience. GCW Hammerstein. And you're sitting in the audience, you have great seats, and you're amongst a lot of people that are enjoying the same programming that you are, and you have such surprises. X-Pac was there. That Matt Cardona, Joey Janela match was out of control. We had so many individuals. The lights went out, and it was finally Sabu. We waited for so long, for years. JRJ, you know, for years, it was always... In AEW, lights go out and it's going to be Sabu, and it's never Sabu. But this time, it was Sabu. And guess what? We were in the building. GCW, We were in the building for Sabu. And that's unbelievable. And you're sitting in this moment, and you should be really enjoying yourself and having, you know, all these these pressures and waves of, of, you know, whatever you're dealing with should go away. They should wash away, and you should be in the moment and enjoying at least that small period of time. And you knew there was something wrong when I wasn't having fun. What an amazing moment, and I could not get myself excited while I'm sitting in the seat, watching all this great wrestling, entertainment, back and forth. Well, that was until MDK came out, right? So, so Nick Gage returns in the main event. And at that point, you know, everybody loses their mind, right? So, but that's why I want to make it apparent that this is what was happening. And for anybody that was 
or that does struggle with it, I hope that you seek help if you need it. And that uh, we all support you. And a lot of us go through things and we're all in this together, right? This, this uh, cycle of life, as you may say. I was just going to say to you, you know, we're, we're working through it. We're going to get through it. But I'm proud of you for getting that out there. Because it's not, it's not easy to sometimes talk about your struggles and, and share your no, feelings. And, 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 and that's and why I'm saying that's... it can be embarrassing sometimes because you feel as if people don't necessarily sympathize or understand what you're going through. And I was being honest that, quite frankly, as much as I sympathized and understood that people were dealing with issues, I had never experienced the issue specifically, you know, the way that I'm experiencing now. And just the appreciation, like I said, for the warriors that every day can feel the way that I had felt and operate and get themselves up and doing the things that they do. I mean, that's just, it's amazing. And the continued work. Yeah, but it, it's, it's a good, it's not good, it's a great first step to have that courage and acknowledge that like, hey, I, I'm not feeling okay. And we're going to keep pushing through. And that's a little dojo and dynamite PSA as well. Um, you know, we support mental health and don't be afraid to reach out if, if you need anyone to talk to. Agreed. And I, I think that during that time, you know, again, I, I had a, a, a grandparent that ended up in the hospital, very close to us. Family circumstance, of course, I'm, I'm very close with uh, my side of the family. We're very close with grandparents, of course. So that was something, you know, again, circumstances. So of it's course, real we, life. it's real life, real and, and life. of course, unfortunately, we were unable to record. And like I said, conveying that type of message in 140 characters was nearly impossible. So I think it was imperative to create kind of an episode to discuss what's going to be changing with Dojo and Dynamite, kind of finding our motivation again, finding our rhythm again. And I also think that it's important with a lot of shows, a lot of uh, things that do week-to-week-to-week recaps, that it's important about the long structure of the show, about AEW and, and you know, what is, what is the long story? Where are we going here? Do we like it? Do we not like it? Do we like this MJF CM Punk feud? We watched it for four weeks. You know, that's the kind of stuff I want to discuss instead of maybe breaking down match by match by match. It's kind of, you know, do we like this MJF CM Punk story? Are we going in that direction? What's coming next for that story? What's going to happen at Revolution? Yeah, I feel like we, we've been talking as we tried to figure out like what our new schedule and structure was going to be about shifting the direction of what our episodes look like. And I just, I don't think it makes sense or I don't think that I necessarily want to go match by match anymore especially the way they've laid it out like you know when when three quarters of the show are essentially enhancement matches and it's something that and I don't want to be negative AEW is still producing great content has the excitement you know waned has that has that rampage excitement I mean we don't watch it no I would be remiss if I didn't talk about this and, you know, we're not going to go match by match, but we are going to highlight certain matches or events that stick out to us. And one would be Nick Jackson versus Trent on Rampage. I mean, come now, on. I mean, you weren't going to miss that. Come on. I mean, you weren't going to miss that. So They gave it to me. 
And finally, it was terrific. It was a great match. Trent got the win. Trent gets the win. I think this is the big. This is the step for Trent. Of course, he cuts his hair, which is okay. It was not a battle over headband supremacy, which is what I had kind of hoped for. But listen, I mean, no one's saying he can't wear a headband with a buzz cut. But he's he's not. I know. I don't understand. But it's like it's like new trend. I mean, you gotta <laughs> revamp or, or reinvent sometimes. And listen, we're here for it. Singles, singles, Trent, main event, Trent. But what a match that was a couple weeks ago. But that got me to tune into Rampage. Yeah, I I, I look at the Rampage shows, and I kind of feel you know what are they doing? And we've talked about this for months now. And it was the fear that they were going to lose what Rampage should have been, which is an extension of the show. But not only that, I guess in, in a way they were right because Dynamite has become kind of an extension of Rampage. You know, the shows are laid out and booked very similarly. And I don't mean it, again, there is a, they're, they're walking a fine line. And I'm going to be honest with you. They're walking a very fine line. And I'm going to bring up something that might be objective. And if you disagree, something we kind of discussed, I discussed with a friend of mine last night. A lot of the wrestlers right now in AEW that are not, you know, John Moxley, Brian Danielson, you know, they're very, they're green. They're green. I'm not saying they don't have, as they call Jade Cargill, the it factor. I'm not saying they don't have the it factor. I'm not saying they, had, they don't have the skills or, or the, the promise of a terrific future. But they're green. So I think some of that is how do we best get them experienced television-wise, right? Because these are going to be the future. If it's Lee Moriarty, if it's Daniel Garcia, if you know, if, how are we going to utilize them for the future? Da- uh, you know, uh, Powerhouse Hobbs, get him in the storyline. Look, he's wearing a fur coat and an overall. Oh, he looked, he looked looks fantastic. Terrific. Pippin Road, hell yeah, he looked fantastic. But terrific. It's no, it's you have a very young roster and you only have three hours of cable television a week, and you can't use everyone at once because. You only have three hours of television. And AW is living for the long term. It's it's that it's a marathon, not a sprint. But they're also living in the moment. Yeah. And I think for WWE, they live in the moment. And I gotta give them credit for living in the moment. As much as you know, people talk about it, there's a thing I've I've talked about this before in wrestling. I've talked about it before in wrestling, and I've mentioned it on the podcast before. The ageism aspect of wrestling is unbelievable. The concept that somebody like a Kazarian who we watched two or three weeks ago who's in the best shape of his life, who is not a young puppy anymore, and he's out there tearing it up, is considered somebody that maybe people don't want to see on television because he's not a young talent. It's unbelievable. Wrestling is talent, right? I mean, these guys have talent. Everybody has talent that's on television. But it's talent. Talent trumps all, essentially. Because if it didn't, you wouldn't have all these, I don't want to call them headaches, but you wouldn't have all these headaches continuously working in the industry, getting jobs all over the place. Because talent trumps all. Happens in football, happens in sports, happens in baseball. Talent trumps a headache. Let's say personality. Personality. So, to see some of these criticisms sometimes about this aspect of developing young talent, what's wrong with the talent that's there? Why can't people live in the moment, I think, sometimes, and enjoy what you have rather than constantly looking for the future. Because the mention, I think I said it on a podcast a couple of episodes ago, what's going to happen when Darby Allen, five years from now, is in the prime of his career, we're going to be looking for the next Darby Allen? 
you know, at 32 years old or whatever old he's going to be, we're going to be looking for the next Darby Allen. Darby Allen has got easily 15 years of prime run, easily. But we're looking for the next one. Is that is that like kind of the idea? Am I missing this here? So I mean, that, that's kind of what I don't. I mean, not everybody's like that. I'm sure, of course, of course. And I think that the internet community is a lot different than the in-person community because we were there for Joey Janela versus Scotty Duhati. What a terrific performance! I was, yeah, I was outstanding. What a terrific match by Scotty Duhati. And it's like you know, I, you never would believe that he was like 48 years old. Never would believe it. Never would believe that he wasn't wrestling. How, what did he say? It was his first match in how many years? Long uh, time, a minute, right? Yeah, he said he like mentioned so? that, right? Yeah. You never would have thought that it was his first match in let's just say five years, handful of years. A handful, yeah. Never would have never would have imagined it. And I think that WWE kind of lives in the moment very literally. It's it's you know, we don't know what's going to happen in six months, but we know what we can do right now. And I think sometimes with AEW, they're trying to find that balance of, we want to give you the idea that, hey, this Daniel Garcia, this Lee Moriarty, I'm using these guys as examples. They're the first people in my head. So I, you know, I'm know, i not trying to ignore anybody else. I'm just, those are the two guys that are on the top of my head because of the Brian Danielson promo. And I just feel like Daniel Garcia's had a lot of TV time recently. But I so, think, you know, we talk about this all the time off offline and even on the podcast. Like, the balance is important because you want to start I think you want to start building your younger talent so when your veteran talent leaves you're not like starting from scratch but it, it's it's that balance of right I, I think AEW is trying to do that they're yeah. trying to live in the future and they're trying to live in the moment yeah and I think sometimes way that AEW has done it and I don't I we're talking about TNA I'm, I'm watching TNA right now TNA did it very nicely where you, I mean, look, I was a kid, so I mean, I was a teenager, enjoying TNA, so I mean, maybe I didn't notice it too much, but the the fluidity of the way that you'd watch like an X Division match, and you'd have guys who were 20, 21, 22, and you'd have guys who were 40, all in the same match, competing for the same title, and nobody knew a difference. It was all the integration of wrestling, right? You know, Christopher Daniels was never a young puppy. So, you know, Christopher Daniels out there tearing it up with guys who are, you know, 15 years his, his junior. And the idea that you would never know the difference, I think, is where they've kind of lost that art a little bit. And maybe that comes with social media. Maybe that comes with, with that where, you know, now there's this obsession with developing the future. And I just feel like that in general there's an obsession with age. There is, I think yeah. so. And I, I think that there's this obsession with developing the future without allowing the integration of how these stars work. And I think that New Japan does it terrifically. I think they do a nice job of, you know, integrating everybody together. And I think AEW is trying to walk the fine line of understanding the sensitivities of, let's say, the social media environment. At the same time, understanding that we have to live in the moment and still draw rating. And the best rating is going to be when Chris Jericho is working with, you know, let's say Eddie Kingston. That's the match that's coming up. That's the match I'm most excited for. You know, or you get a chance to see, you know, what John Moxley and, and Brian Danielson are going to do. And integrating them together and, and trying to give them experience. And we're talking about like Wheeler Yuta, trying to get Wheeler Yuta experience and getting him matched with John Moxley. But, you know, in, in the long term, 
you know, they're hoping that this kind of integration will come together. And it was a classic way. You watch some of those old WCWs, NWAs, and it was a lot of that. It's kind of what NWA sort of does now in a way. Kind of you have younger talent go up against, uh, you know, like like a Tom Latimer, who's kind of a, a guy who's uh, obviously in the running for their world title. Go up against the young guy, kind of beat him real quick. But hey, it's exposure on television. Old school style of booking. And I think that AEW is trying right now to do that. And I, but I think, unfortunately, the way that they've done it is very... I don't want to call it cut and dry, but it's it's very identifiable. And because of that, some of the shows feel like you're watching a lot of enhancement talent. A lot of a guy like John Moxley coming out, taking on a Wheeler Yuta. You know the result of the match. Of course they're going to give Wheeler Yuta some time, as they should. He needs he needs time to grow. They need time to be on television, right? Yeah. They need time to be on television Absolutely. in order to get better. So of course you're going to give him some time on the TV. You're going to give you're going to let him work John a little bit. Kind of like Daniel Garcia did. Kind of how, you know, Kenny Omega gave it to what Alan Angels kind of gave him some time. Kind of said, hey, you know, let's go out there. Let's get you some experience on how to handle on a televised match. And I, and I understand that. I, I, to- I totally get it. I just feel like right now, and this is the state of the union, I guess, of Dojo and Dynamite, AEW, New Japan. I just, I feel like right now, the shows have not been can't miss. And there are matches that are culminating on television. You know, with the CM Punk MJF, which I really thought was good. And I hope that in the future, I mean, I, I think they're going to be going in that direction. I think they're going to be going in a direction of maybe a no-holds-barred, maybe a steel cage. Maybe they're going to be, you're going to be going in that direction of Wardlow clearly decided, you know, story-wise, that they've decided Wardlow and MJF are going to stay together. Am I surprised by that? Kind of. Yeah. And they kind of hinted for so long this was going to be a division and decided to twist it a little bit. Kind of kind of swerve you a little bit. It'll happen eventually, I'm sure. But, you know, the idea that Warlow has decided to stick with MJF, I think, is, is valuable. It's a valuable story to show that MJF has the ability to maintain his relationships in the face of adversity. That's a story and an idea when you're telling that story that shows that MJF is a leader. Yeah. I think that's what they're trying to convey. MJF is a leader that has been able to hold together the unit when you're looking at a guy like Chris Jericho who's losing the pieces of his puzzle. You know, the idea is, has Jericho not been around enough? Has Jericho kind of lost the touch with the inner circle? Has he not given them the opportunities that they need? It's an interesting way to think of it. You know, storyline-wise, yeah. you're, you're selling the idea that he's been with Fozzie, he's been traveling, you know, et cetera, et cetera. He was hospitalized for a, a minute. I'm glad that he's back. But, you know, the, the concept of maybe he's lost the grip on the inner circle because of it. But MJF, week in and week out, has held together the pinnacle. He's held together Wardlow in the face of adversity with all of these difficulties, the, the feelings, the confliction between Wardlow and MJF, and they've been able to kind of come out here and, and get on the same page because MJF essentially is a leader. That's what you're selling. The story is that MJF essentially is a better leader after the big pinnacle inner circle feud. Six months later, maybe a year later, I don't remember when they, they were, was it a year later? I don't remember when they did the, the blood and guts match, but a year later, 
Uh, MJF yeah. is still tight with his boys. And the inner circle's kind of falling apart. So it kind of flip-flops, you know, kind of that's long storm, that, that long-term storytelling there a little bit, right? I mean, maybe that's just me creating a headcanon. And you could also look at it that MJF is like a bully and, and manipulating and... <laughs> no, poor Wardlow. <laughs> right? You gotta get out of there, big money. But he's still big money. That that has not changed. No, that has not Regardless. Changed. Yeah, he's but still big money. Looks great. Love him. But, you know, in in trans in translation, I guess, you can kind of say that, you know, we're going to see what's going to happen with CM Punk because he doesn't have any friends. Yeah. And I think this this is bigger than that. I think what they're saying is, and it's bigger than that, what they're saying is that CM Punk's been gone for seven years. Right? Yeah. And CM Punk was out of the business for seven years. Where's his relationships? They're gone. Yeah, it's a long time. As much and, as it's not, it's a long time. And most of his guys are still in the Fed. Yeah. So you're you're kind of looking at it as saying, hey, you know, CM Punk, yeah, you're back, but who are you with? Hey, he had Darby and Sting. Is that still is that is Well, that still I mean thing, I, I I think it's more of the actual relationship building that, that AEW does, which I do appreciate, which is kind of telling you a story of, hey, these guys are together for a reason you know they, yeah. they came together for a reason they're friends inside outside of life you know whatever it happens to be and it's kind of like CM Punk he's kind of been a lone wolf yeah his whole life and he's kind of been this outlandish loud speaks his mind he's connected with the audience but he hasn't been able to keep many friends has he right yeah he's got the fans but that's not going to help you in a and, match you know right se. now the numbers game with MJF is it, it's just it's winning the war yeah and Darby Allen and Sting, I mean, look, they're they're probably going to be challenging for the tag team titles at some point in the future. And they got to focus on that. They got to focus on what they're going to be doing in the future rather than, you know, coming out and saving CM Punk. Sure. I mean, that, no, you're again, right. Like that, yeah. You're right. That makes sense. That's just sort of where I am on that. But I guess we can talk. We're going to keep this episode short. It was more of a PSA about what we're going to be doing. Yeah, like you said, the state of Dojo and Dynamite. Yeah, the things that were going on. I, you know, we don't want to lead anybody down the rabbit hole where we're promising that every week we're going to have a, a podcast out, we're going to have an episode out. It's just, no, it's it's not realistic. Um, just there's, we've talked about it before, and, and Rich, you shared, you know, what's going on, um, what you're dealing with right now, but just also with school and work, like there's, so much real life shit happening that I don't think it's fair to commit to a weekly episode. May we do it? Sure. If 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 Dynamite or, or GCW or New Japan calls for it, I mean, I, I think we may do it more frequently. But I just I, we can't promise. Yeah, and I think we're gonna do it as we feel as we feel needed. Yeah, know, when big events yeah. happen. Look, we have a there's a show GCW coming up. Uh, Atlantic City was like February 19th, 20th. You know, we're going to be going down to the show. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll probably do a cover after that, which will probably talk about AEW, what they're doing, gearing up for Revolution. Uh, we're going to do a podcast, I'm sure, after Revolution. Who doesn't want to talk about that? But maybe we'll look at other things too. Like maybe we'll go on Twitch or do something live. Like, I don't know, maybe we'll spice it up. 
Yeah, maybe maybe a live thing would could be something that anybody's interested in. Just trying to just do things, diversify it. You know, it's been a hundred episodes, hundred and one episodes today. Two years of Dojo and Dynamite. And we're really happy, like we said, that you guys have engaged, that you've listened, that you've cared, and you know, we we appreciate, of course, you guys being around. Oh yeah. And you know what would be best for the future in terms of. You know, hey, what's best for us? What's best for you guys? If you want to do live, you know, shows on, on, on Twitch or if you want to do live, I don't know, Instagram works. I don't know how this crap works, but you know, you know what I'm saying? You know, we'll get there, right? I mean, we'll, we know, you know, you know, you know, yeah, yeah. we're getting there. <laughs> but before we wrap this up, I mean, I think we should talk about some GCW Hammerstein. Of course, that's exactly what we're doing here. So GCW Hammerstein sells out in what, a couple days? Something crazy. They like paint, they painted the venue first of all, which I was not thrilled with. The visual, it just kind of felt. I'll tell you that the, the new paint made the the venue space feel bigger. It made it feel bigger. It but did, which like it kind of lost its intimacy. It kind of made it feel like it lost its intimacy. A bit. Right. Yes. The but it's lighting, still charming. It's still my favorite. But it, it is still charming. It is still the best venue. Yeah. But it. The way the paint and the lighting are, it kind of lost that intimacy of making it feel like there are more people there than there actually is. Yeah. Because they, they put, like, what, 2,200 people there. Was it was it 2,225? Am I making that number up? No, I, something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they packed the house. And like you said, it was... It sold out. They had the Patreon pre-sale, and then it went on sale to the uh, general public, which was, I think right around Thanksgiving, and it sold out before I, I also, the weekend. Which I was, also want to kind of disclose, it did sell out before the weekend. Which was right. awesome. That anybody who was criticizing the Hammerstein audience, because th- there were some, I saw some people saying, you know, the Hammerstein audience was dead. The crowd was dead. The crowd was not dead. Not I'm going to tell you, I'll tell you a couple things. One, it was very cold outside. It was exceptionally cold outside. It was cold in the venue. And in the venue, it was exceptionally cold. Yeah. The second, 80% of the people in the show wearing a mask. Yeah. And that's, of course, going to muffle the sound. It's going It's going yeah. to muffle the sound. I mean, when I'm, I'm wearing a mask, uh, you know, a uh, friend, we had an entire row. We had eight seats. We had the whole row. <laughs> we had friends traveling from uh, Georgia, from Michigan. We had people from all over the place with us. And to a person two seats over from me could not hear me with my mask on, could not understand what I was saying. No. So the idea that the crowd was quiet, I mean, it was loud considering 80% of people were wearing masks. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, that doesn't convey the same way on camera, but the crowd was not dead. I assure you. It was not dead. It was a fun experience. I really do hope they go back. I believe that is the plan. I, I, I do. Think, even I don't if think it's that's a, gonna even be the if last. it's a once a year event, I, I I hope they do come back. I know that there were some spots, especially in the ladder match that opened the show. It, it it there were some accidents that happened. AJ Gray decided that he wanted to jump from the squat position of the top of a ladder outside the ring into the ring. It it didn't work out as planned. It did not work out as planned. I, I do know that he tried to move that ladder. And the ladder was stuck in the chair under the rope. We can kind of see it happening. Yeah. That he was he couldn't move the ladder that was in front of him because it was stuck. Yeah. But maybe wasn't the best idea. 
you know, you had you had some of the things. I know that that there were some spots with G Raver that kind of got a little sloppy. Tried to get the the ladder on top of Cologne, and then he climbed up, and then there was no ref, so the ladder was kind of wobbly. So you couldn't you didn't have support to kind of get off, you know. So it kind of had its its situations. But listen, I mean, it was the first match of the night. You're wrestling this historic show at this historic venue. There's probably a little bit of jitters. Of of course, and you have a bunch of guys who do different things. You, know, mm-hmm. you have some deathmatch guys working in matches with non-deathmatch guys. I don't want to call them non-deathmatch guys, but you know, guys who maybe are a little, ex- little more experienced with ladder matches, or maybe a little bit, you know, less experienced with ladder matches. And you're kind of putting everybody together and saying, "Hey, let's do all these high spots." And on top of that, there were timing issues. Of course, with there the was. show. Of course, so, there was. so you know, you've, you're going to have this. You're going to have this interesting dynamic between all of it. And I, I think that, you know, uh, you know, given the relative environment I thought they did fine I thought the Effie match was great I thought double J versus double F was awesome loved it I mean the entire the crowd broke down to a point where we were telling him to you know uh, provide uh, oral pleasures uh, fellatio (laughs) to another human being in the middle of the ring so we look we broke down we, I, I think that was we broke at the very beginning of the match, right? I, I, it was early look, on, I, I thought. I, we lost our minds. The audience lost control, but the Janela Cardona match, which was overbooked, was for people in the audience. I mean, at least for myself, I had fun. Virgil was the rubber masked Vince McMahon. And that got a huge pop from one S- of our buddies. Smart Mark Sterling came. Chelsea Cardona, Brian Myers, Hornswoggle. Er- oh, not X Pac. That was with Janela. Oh no, wait, that was but, the same I mean, match. Same match. Yeah. X Pac came out. What? Well, what did uh? I, I think that Kevin Gill called them all Cardonas, right? He's like, you know, fuck all the Cardonas. He goes, fuck the Cardonas. He goes, you know, fuck Matt Cardona, fuck Brian Myers Cardona. That was last <laughs> fuck, night's fuck Swoggle last Cardona. Night's <laughs> Houston show. <laughs> that was uh, on the GCW show last bless night. He's KG, like, he's, he's, he's like, you know, fuck all the Cardonas. Yeah. And uh, that was that was really that was funny. That was funny. And um, well, I, Cardona's I thought, work has been. We say this all the time, but he's having the time of his life. It seems, and his work is top tier. Oh yeah, he's and he's top of the business right now in the Indies. Having him unite with Brian Myers or Brian Myers coming to his rescue. I mean. That's so perfect. I think a lot of people sometimes forget this is an entertainment business. And that was, I, I'll never forget it. I mean, he, he may listen to it and get angry that I keep bringing it up. Friend of mine sitting next to me, you know, Nick Gage comes out, crowds popped. I mean, it, in Nick Gage right now, I know he had the injury with the calf. Do not disrespect the king. And, okay. <laughs> he had the injury with the calf, so he hasn't been around in a minute. And... So he comes out, you know, crowd goes nuts, of course. Tags with Matt Tremont. It's the hate, hate club. club. Yeah. So tags with Matt Tremont. Of course, nice to see Matt Tremont get a chance to go to Hammerstein. I went. I was at the show that he won the Tournament of Death. But like, we have to talk. I know where you're going, but we have to talk about that moment. That we're main eventing with the GCW tag team titles. Right. The, the Briscoes are there, of course. How many times have I seen the Briscoes at Hammerstein? Oh, it's only right. It's right. only right How many times the Briscoes at Hammerstein. We've gone down there to see the Briscoes at Hammerstein Ballroom. And I, I think it's interesting in the perspective of the Briscoes who were defending the GCW tag team titles, right? And they've been to Hammerstein Ballroom how many times? 
They are Hammerstein veterans. They are exceptionally experienced in this environment. Full of people, 2,000 people. How many times did Ring of Honor sell out the venue? I'm sure that they've done it multiple times. And the Briscoes are there. And for the first time, a lot of these individuals are in this this environment with this crowd. Literally, like I said, for the first time in an environment like that. Yeah. And for the Briscoes, it's another day of work, I guess you could say. Now, it's a different situation. It's GCW, different environment, different fan base. But it's kind of another day at the office. Yeah. And I I find they run Hammerstein in a way. Essentially, I mean, they've been there for a decade. The the two go hand in hand. But, you know, they have the open challenge. And, you know, is it going to be FTR? Uh, Who is it going to be? Matt Tremont comes out and the crowd starts chanting for for Nick fucking Gage. And I'm just anxious because (laughs) we haven't heard from Nick Gage in a while. Posted that cameo saying that he's not on the Hammerstein card. So I'm nervous. And then Rich is like, oh, he's not going to be there. (laughs) What if he's not there? And then Dewey comes out. And our row was like, who's that? (laughs) And we're like, it's Nick fucking Gage. I think a lot of us... Not me. I mean, for you know, but, but a lot of our friends had, had really, they don't, uh, you know, experience a lot of GCW and no. watch a lot of the shows. So they had no idea what was happening. And they didn't know Matt Tremont's theme song. They had no idea what was happening. Matt Tremont has a terrific theme song. By yeah. But, you know, Nick Gage comes out. My friend says, because it's just unbelievable, you know. It's like, I mean, the guy doesn't do anything. Like, he, it's not like he's a great, terrific wrestler like he's just he just doesn't do anything and he's just just super over and, I, I, and you know him. I said to him I go, of course he is he's great he's the fucking king of this shit he's the god of this shit damn right and it's like but, but you there's know, only one Nick Gage like, and I you know you can replay it a thousand times you know there's only one Sandman for ECW mm-hmm. and there's only one Nick Gage for GCW mm-hmm. and you know it, you can say what you want about Sandman the guy shows up has a kendo stick, a couple beers, hits some people. The crowd is singing his theme song, and they're pumped, and he's just he's just crushing people, having a good time. It, 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 that's all it's about. You forget sometimes it's an entertainment business. And yes, it's wrestling business, but it's entertainment business. And God damn it, these guys are entertainers. Dewey comes out, hypes up the crowd for whom the bell tolls, starts to play. Nick Gage comes out, and we lose our shit. Which was something that I found out, I think I said this on the podcast, that For Whom the Bell Tolls was my wrestling theme song. It was my wrestling theme song since I was about 14 years old. And I, don't, I, didn't, I never realized that that was Nick Gage's theme song. So I I have since or at you know as the the time transition characters develop and they change and as time kind of went through I I I had changed my theme but you know I mean for a good decade of my wrestling career for whom the bell tolls I used to use the San Francisco orchestra version because I was a little bit more upbeat than the traditional Metallica version also YouTube and all those <laughs> All those individuals like to, uh, you know, slam copyrights all over my videos. So instead, I would use an alternative version of the song because Metallica does not like it when you use their crap. If you ever were a LimeWire downloader, you would know what we're talking about. 
But I guess that's kind of, you know, hey, you know, Nick, look, you can have it. <laughs> you know, you can have it. I'm giving it to you. I'm gracing mm. you with it. But it, it's a moment that it, it was it was such a moment, though, at Hammerstein that it, it just felt like, hey, we culminated this. Of course, Moxley versus Homicide, getting a chance to see Homicide working again. GCW, he's got the main event, or you would call it the main event, but he's got the world title match. He's, you know, again, working for GCW. I mean, Homicide has put in the work. Yeah. And he earned it, and he deserved it. And I love Homicide. Who doesn't love Homicide? Who didn't like LAX? And I think that this is this was it was a really good show from top down. It was nice to see Mox, um, to see Mox back, and and to see Mox at Hammerstein. I mean, it was it was a really cool experience. And just the GCW shows are they're a blast in general. But props to them for selling out the venue and having a having a successful event. Our group had fun. Oh, yeah, I think everybody had fun. I think it was a great show. I mean, people at home, I know the presentation. I know sometimes they said they were the camera presentation. I don't know how the audio was. I know that, the, you know, it, sometimes that kind of stuff, it happens the first time on live, real pay-per-view, not Fight TV, not only or exclusively on Fight TV. It was on cable. So it, it gave people more opportunity to get a chance to, uh, you know, uh, view and, and, uh, and watch GCW. And for those of you who, who are listening and who tuned into the event, I know it was a couple weeks ago, but, you know, what, what did you think? Um, what, what were your first impressions? Are you going to be tuning into future GCW events? Have you watched anything between now and then? Uh, we want to know your thoughts. I guess I can say the, the feedback that we received was more about, it's not about the wrestling, it's about the environment, it's about the excitement. It's about, you know, and the thing that I really like is that anybody can show up. Kind of how Jeff Jarrett came out and hit Effie with a guitar. You don't expect it. Anything can happen. And I think that that's something that, you know, just, just kind of gives you uh, an appreciation for that, if you're into that, which is me. I, I like run-ins. I like surprises. Shenanigans. You know, that, that's, that's me. I like shenanigans. Yeah. So that's me. So with that, we appreciate you guys listening to this episode. I know that... There were some serious manners, I guess, to address earlier in this episode. Kind of given the State of the Union, the, the direction of what we are going to be going in as a podcast. But with that, Ashley. With that, thank you guys so much for listening as always. Hope you're doing well, staying safe, and thank you for bearing with us. We are at Dojo and Dynamite on Twitter, at Dojo and Dynamite on Instagram, Dojo and Dynamite at gmail.com. And we will catch you guys next time. Thanks, guys. <laughs>